0: Heavenly Father, I just ask again, Lord, I just ask for your outpouring of your Holy Spirit, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that this would just be a spirit-led message, Lord, that this would come through through Refuge Online as a message from you, from your Holy Spirit, Lord, that it would be encouraging to us, Lord. It would lift us up in these times of trials, that we'd learn from your word, and your Holy Spirit would teach us, Lord, that, Lord, we can have joy even in the midst of lockdowns, even in the midst of a pandemic, Lord, that you are there for us through your Holy Spirit, Lord. We're not alone in this, Lord that you have blessed us, Lord, with these gifts, these gifts of peace and joy that will transform all these things of the world, Lord. Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for these gifts, Lord. I just reach out to them, Lord, and I just ask, Lord, that each person that would hear this message would come to understand you in a new light today, Lord, that they would come to understand, Lord, that you're there for them, Lord, that they're not alone in these times, Lord, that they don't have to have fear. They don't have to have worry, Lord. They can know, Lord, that you love them, that you love them so much that you gave your very life for them lord but then you didn't stop there lord you gave us your holy spirit lord to be with us especially in times like this lord that we would know lord that we're not walking through this alone you're there with us lord lord i just pray for this message to be your words your holy spirit would use it It would go throughout this country lord that hearts and minds would be changed or that they would come to repentance They would turn from their old ways. They would turn to you. They would surrender their lives to you and seek out you, Lord, and leave the things of the world behind, Lord. And then, Lord, you would bless them with an abundant, overflowing joy in their lives, Lord. It would be an amazing testimony to the truth of who you are, Lord, and the transformation that you've done for each one of us, Lord. So, Lord, I just pray for your Holy Spirit in this message, Lord. Just bless our time today, Lord, and just be with us, Lord. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Think back to last week. Who remembers the sermon from last week? And really, look back the last few months. What has Jesus been discussing with the disciples during this whole last season of teachings? Who remembers? I think one of the main focal points he's been teaching as leading up to his crucifixion is that he was not going to leave the disciples alone. Just as he has never left us alone. He's been teaching that he has given us the Holy Spirit and now he is with us, living in us. Who remembers all these teachings? Now, just a few weeks ago, he uses the teaching of the vineyard. Remember, just a few weeks ago, he taught using the vineyard. That if we will abide him daily, he will produce much, much fruit. Last week, who remembers the sermon last week? Remember, we learned about the world's reaction to Jesus and the world's reaction to Christians that follow Jesus. Unfortunately, it's a hatred, but we shouldn't be surprised. Jesus has warned us. He's taught us this lesson and many others. Now, do you remember why he's taught us all these lessons? He taught us this. So when we face all these different trials and these different problems and these different things of the world, that each of us, we know it's coming and that our faith would not waver as we walk through the different trials of this world because and remember too we're not alone jesus promised us the holy spirit is with us every single day living in us we abide in him and he will minister to all of our needs jesus cares about us he loves us he will provide for us in all areas of our life first of all spiritually He provide for us he provides for us physically and he also provides emotionally for all of our needs and I know during these times, especially right now, many people are facing difficult seasons in their lives. And a lot of this I think is because of the coronavirus. Many, many people I know and I talk to are having a hard time physically, but they're not able to work. They're not able to go out and visit their families. They're not just able to go out of their homes. Uh, some are not even able to provide for their family. And some of them are actually getting low on food. Uh, they have no money. Many people are facing many emotional problems during this time. They're facing fear worry anger doubt a lot of people are just confused looking at their life and all the things going around and asking themselves why is this happening i've talked to a couple, a couple of people and i've seen they're actually facing a lot of depression right now and i'm sure there's much more i haven't listed you know but there's also a lot of people questioning spiritual matters they're wondering what is truth they're wondering which religion is really true they're asking what will happen if my loved ones get sick and die will I ever see them where will I go and die? have I done enough to have a better life after death if they're they're also asking if this is a God why are these things happening if you have questions like this reach out to us if you're struggling in any of these areas any of them we would love to come alongside you and help you in any which way we can text us call us uh, leave a comment below the church is open, and Jesus loves you, and we want us to help you in any way we can. Now, I, I mentioned earlier, we're doing okay as a family. And I think there's a lot of you out there that are probably also are doing okay. So if you're doing okay, make sure and reach out. Reach out to others around you. Call someone. Text someone. Show others the love of Jesus. Check up on someone. How, how is your neighbor doing right now? Do you know? How is your family, your distant cousins? I don't know, reach out to somebody and check in on them and make sure to see if there's an opportunity for you to show them the love of Christ. Now, as I talk about this, this brings up a question, a question for all of us, including myself. Uh, the main point of the lesson from last week's sermon. Are you loving someone? Are you loving everyone, especially in your house? Are you loving everyone in your house as Jesus has loved you? How's that going? How's it going for you this week? Maybe some of you are thinking about that question going, I'm not even sure if I'm capable to love another person the way that Jesus loved me. I'll tell you the truth. Jesus is living in you. So you have that power of Jesus living in you. So yes, you are capable of loving someone in the same way that Jesus has loved you. Now, what about, I gave you some suggestions last week. How many of you remember the suggestions I gave you last week? Remember the first one? I suggested that everyone gather in your home, and you pray for your home, and you pray for the people in your home, and you anoint your home, and you ask that your home would be used for God's purposes. Who remembers that? I asked also that you would gather and pray daily that the Holy Spirit would bless you and bless your home with grace and mercy. Which brings us to this next point. How is your personal relationship right now with Jesus? Are you abiding in Jesus each day? Are you abiding in the Holy Spirit? Are you reading your Bibles each and every day? Are you praying? Are you meditating on God's Word? Are you fellowshipping with other believers? Jesus promised all of us, if we abide in Him, we will have peace of mind and heart. do right, you have your Bibles? Grab your Bibles, you're going to need them, and turn to John 1427 John 1427 I am leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give so don't be troubled or afraid we can have peace in all circumstances through Jesus I want to repeat that we can have peace in all circumstances through Jesus now today Jesus is going to teach us, not only can we have peace, but that our sorrows and our griefs and our problems and all the things of this world can be turned, really transformed into joy. He explains through this next passage that this is possible because he has conquered the world. Jesus has overcome all the things in the world. So through this, Jesus has made a way for each of us to have overflowing joy. It's not just It's an overflowing joy like a river, like a rushing river in the springtime. Or maybe in Myanmar, it's like a rushing river during the rainy season. That kind of joy, in no matter what is going on in the world around us, we can have this kind of joy. Our sadness, our sorrows can be transformed into joy. Now, this is a message that as I preach this and I study this that I also need to work on. I need to accept this gift from God. How about you? Do you have abundant, overflowing joy in your life right now? Have you accepted this gift through the Holy Spirit living in you? Are you abiding in Christ and receiving this gift in your life today? It is offered to us. Now, remember, as we're going to get into the passage today, we're going to be in John chapter 16, if you want to get your Bibles and start turning there. Remember, as we get into the Scripture, Jesus and the disciples are either walking to the garden, or maybe they are just arrived to the garden We're not really sure, but this is the very night of the betrayal of Jesus. It's hours before the crucifixion. Just think about that for the context. Jesus knew that the disciples would soon experience a lot of emotions. He knew he was gonna be betrayed. He knew he was gonna be crucified. And he knew the disciples were gonna witness all of this and they wouldn't understand. He knew that the disciples were gonna experience all sorts of emotions. They would experience grief. They would experience sorrow. They would experience fear. They would be really confused of who Jesus was and who Jesus, who they thought he was. They're going to be confused on even who they were. A commentary, Warren Worsby said it this way. These were real men with real problems and Jesus knew them and used them. Remember, as we get into this, it's Jesus who transforms our troubles into wonderful, abundant, overcoming joy. Now, this is a promise that each of us can experience if we will have an ongoing relationship with Jesus, which leads us into our sermon today. John chapter 16, verse 16. In a little while, you won't see me anymore, but a while after that, you will see me again. Jesus is speaking right here in this verse of his death on the cross and his crucifixion. Remember, we just talked about it, was only hours away. Then, as Jesus is talking in this verse, he continues speaking of how they won't see him because he will be in the tomb. Then, three days later, we know Jesus would rise from the dead and they would see him again. Turn back, let's turn to John here. Let's look at a verse. John chapter 14, 18 through 24. No. I will not abandon you as orphans i will come to you soon the world will no longer see me but you will see me since i live you will also live when i am raised to life again you'll know that i am in my father and you are in me and i am in you those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me and because they love me my father will love them and i will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Let's just stop there, actually. Let's stop there. Jesus has been preparing the disciples for what was about to take place. Jesus is really, he's foretelling of his death, his resurrection. So as he's telling the disciples this in verse 16, let's see now in the next verses what the disciples have to say about what Jesus has just told them. Look at verses 17 and 18. Some of the disciples asked each other, What does he mean when he says, in a little while, you won't see me, but then you will see me, and I am going to the Father. And what does he mean by, a little while, we don't understand. You know, as I read this, I would say by the disciples' response, they didn't understand. Would you understand after looking at this? I am leaving soon, but you will see me soon. After I leave, and this will all take place in a little while, I'm going to my Father's. I don't even understand what I said. Today, when we read and study these passages, we have the context of what Jesus was speaking about. The disciples didn't have a clue what Jesus was explaining to them at the time. I admit, when I read situations like this, knowing, seeing how the disciples responded with, we don't understand, they walked with Jesus for three years. Yet here, they still didn't always understand right away what Jesus was trying to teach them. You know, I... Myself, I also sometimes don't understand right away the lessons that Jesus is trying to teach me. So I can really relate to the disciples. Now, after reading this, I do believe they got one thing wrong in these verses we just read. One thing wrong. I believe, as we see this, that the disciples should have just came right to Jesus and said, I don't understand what you're trying to teach me. But look at verse 17. What did they do instead? What did they do? They asked each other. You see that? So some of the disciples asked each other. So often, I think myself and many of us were guilty. If we have questions in life, instead of just coming to Jesus and asking Jesus, so often we go to others before just coming to Jesus. I think, you know, it's obvious the disciples, they were a little bit, you know, and myself mostly, were confused on what Jesus was teaching them. The reason most likely that a lot of times we're confused because we don't have the big picture. So let's look at the next few verses and see how Jesus is going to explain to them what he's talking about. Look at verse 19. Jesus realized they wanted to ask him about it. So he said, Are you asking yourselves what I meant? I said in a little while you won't see me, but a little while after that you will see me again. Jesus It's so amazing. Jesus knew, he knew the disciples didn't understand. The disciples, they were having this conversation we saw just a minute ago amongst themselves. They didn't come to Jesus. But Jesus knew they didn't understand. So don't, we don't want to be like the disciples again. Don't be like the disciples. If you don't understand a teaching, don't discuss it with your friends. Go to the teacher. Ask, please explain. I I don't understand this teaching. I don't understand. Go to God, ask him to explain it to you. It's okay to ask questions. Make sure, always, 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 make sure and question something if a teaching seems strange or you don't understand. The Bible teaches us that if you hear something, that you take that teaching and you compare it to the scriptures and you compare it and just see if it is God's truth. In fact, let's look at an example. Let's turn in your Bibles to Acts. Acts chapter 17, verse 11. And the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. I know I didn't say that right. It's always I always struggle with these words. And you guys give me so much grace. Let's, do, let's keep going. And they listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. These people, they, they'd heard a teaching they were unfamiliar with. So they took the teaching... And they searched the word of God to make sure it was truth. I challenge all of you. Do the same. Do not just accept man's words. Check it to scriptures. Get into God's word to see if what they're teaching, what they're preaching is according to the scriptures. I know that's a little bit of a tangent I've been on. But my heart is burdened for you. There is so much false teaching out there. Maybe even more false teaching than truthful teaching. And I'll tell you, right now, especially in Myanmar, it has stumbled the truth of who Jesus is and who Jesus is not. So we must keep our Bibles open and then pray that the Holy Spirit would speak truths into the life of the church. So please pray with me this week that the Holy Spirit would give the church Discernment to call out these false teachers that I've seen and heard here in Myanmar and around the whole world. So turn back to John chapter 16. Look back at verse 19. Jesus is trying to explain that he's going to die, but he's also explaining that he will be resurrected. Now, Jesus is going to continue to expound on this. Let's read verse 20. I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what's going to happen to me, but the world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn into wonderful joy. The disciples' lives, they were, they were about to be turned upside down and inside out. Could you imagine giving three years of your life to something and then just to lose it in moments? This is what was going to happen to the disciples. Can you imagine that? Wondering if everything that you believed, everything you'd worked with, everything that you thought, and then all of a sudden, in a moment's notice... It's gone. Now, this has actually happened to me. I gave eight years of my life to a business. Then, all of a sudden, overnight, poof, it was gone. Everything I had poured my heart and life into was gone. Who was I? I didn't know who I was. I didn't know my identity. It was just gone. Now, maybe some of you are even experiencing something similar this very week. When this happened, I thought my world was over. Everything I knew, everything I believed in, had been turned and flipped upside down. You know what? Thank God it was. I'd come to a point where I had absolutely given up. I came before God, a surrendered man, with no hope. And I told God, here I am. I have nowhere else to turn. Jesus turned the very, very worst, what I thought was the very worst moments in my life, into a testimony of how Jesus can restore a wicked sinner like me into a child of God. He transformed my hopelessness into a light. A light for hope that i had found in Jesus. He turned, he transformed my grief into joy. Now, as we see here in today's passage, this is what we're looking at. A huge contrast is given in these passages. Look again at them verses. What we see. It's a stark contrast. He says, what is going to, You will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. Now, I just shared a small little part of my own testimony, my own story. And you knew my response was to come before the Lord and just surrender myself to him and say, Lord, here I am. My question to so many people out there as they're facing difficult times, what is your own response? Would you embrace the word of God? Would you live out your lives according to the scriptures? even when the world around us does exactly the opposite. So Jesus is going to, we're gonna look through these next few verses. Jesus is gonna give an example so we can understand this a little clearer. He's gonna use an analogy. Look at verses 21 through 22. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice and no one can rob you of that joy. Jesus is using this analogy to help us all understand that very often joy comes through hardships. Very often joy comes through pain. And many times the sorrows and all these things that we will endure, it's temporary. Turn to first Peter. first Peter 1.8 and 9. You love him even though you've never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with glorious, inexpressible joy. This is the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your soul. Say that with me. You trust him and rejoice with glorious, inexpressible joy. This joy is offered by Jesus, and it's unaffected by all the outward circumstances of this world. Think about that. And this joy is wonderful, and it's abundant. I love this analogy used for Jesus in this last verse as we look at it. A joy that is similar to the joy that one experiences after seeing their child for the first time. This kind of joy, I think about this. What There's many mothers and fathers out there. Think about that joy. This is a joy that's binding. It's a joy that overcomes. For a woman, it's a joy that overcomes the worst pain, I believe, If you talk to most all women, it's the worst pain a woman has ever endured. And yet it almost instantaneously overcomes that joy. It's just amazing to me. That that joy that when she sees that child for the first time, there's no greater joy a woman has ever experienced. And it immediately transforms all that suffering and all that pain into love, into joy. It's amazing. You know, as I think about this, that joy that a woman experiences, it's... It's very possible that because of this joy that we have large families because i i i think that if a woman truly remembered how much suffering she went through in birth there probably wouldn't be very many uh, large families but it's amazing how god kind of blinds them with that joy of having the babies so anyways on a different note now would you agree with me that difficult times or situations that we go through are usually easier to get through if you know how long it will last or if you're going through a difficult situation, but you know the outcome. That's amazing to me as I think about that. If you know the end result, we, it's so much easier it would seem to be joyful or we can seem to endure so much more if we know the outcome or how long something's gonna last. What's so much harder is when we don't know how something's gonna turn out or how it's gonna work out or how long it's going to last. I think of our current situation right now, this lockdown. You know, it wouldn't be as bad if we knew the exact terms. If we knew in one week it's going to end. So we just count our days, we could prepare ourselves mentally, we could prepare ourselves physically, Just then we could be free. But not knowing exactly how long it's going to last or the exact conditions of the lockdown makes it much more difficult to walk through. Would you agree? Now Jesus has told us we know in this world exactly how everything is going to work out, right? We know at the end of this world, as we face all these trials, these tribulations, that no matter what we endure here, no matter what takes place, our hope is in Jesus and that we will be with him eternally in heaven. Amen? Let's turn back to John. John chapter 16, verses 23 and 24. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I tell you the truth. You will ask the Father directly and he will grant your request because you use my name you haven't done this before, ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. This is the new covenant. It's the covenant we have today because of what Jesus has done. He allowed himself to be placed on the cross. He allowed himself to have our sins placed upon him. He paid our sin debt, which was death, and then he was resurrected three days later. And because of what Jesus has done, we now have a one-on-one relationship with the Father God. Now That just blows my mind. I mean, but if that doesn't blow your mind, think about this. God now sees you as he sees Jesus, righteous. Jesus did this for each one of us when he paid that price of our sins, in full, forever, all of your sins, with his perfect, sinless life. Jesus has provided this to all who will come to faith to him. When he provided this, he provided you with direct access to God. Be clear about this. No person, no saint, nobody is needed in between for us to reach God. Do not forsake what Jesus did on the cross by thinking that what Jesus wasn't enough. You have direct access to God. We have a relationship Today, with God, that wasn't available before. So before we move on to this next verse, I want to ask you again. I've been asking you this whole time. Are you experiencing this joy, this abundant, overflowing joy that Jesus has promised you? Think about it. Let's continue. John chapter 16, verse 25 to 28. I have spoken of these matters in figures of speech. But soon I will stop speaking figuratively, and I will tell you plainly, about the Father, then you ask in my name. I'm not saying I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you dearly because you love me. And because I came from God, yes, I came from the Father into this world. Now I will leave the world and return to the Father. Jesus knows this is his last opportunity to make sure the disciples understand what was going to take place. So he's speaking plainly. Look at, look at the verses 26 and 27. We do. We have full access to God. We have full access to the one who loves us so much. We have full access to the one who sent his son to the cross for each one of us to pay the price of our sins. Think about it. Think about your Bibles. Think about from cover to cover, from Old Testament to New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation. Think about Who God is through every chapter, every verse in this Bible. Think about that for a minute. Think about, as we read this, think about Jesus. Think of all he's done to you, for you. Think about God, that's mentioned here. Think about God, the creator, the creator of all existence. God, the creator of time, space, the very creator of life itself, the creator of the heavens. This, God, that we just talked about is the one that loves you dearly and that you have full access to through the blood of Jesus Christ. It just blows my mind. This idea that God could love me and wishes to have a personal relationship with me even when I was still his enemy it just wow, it's amazing. So I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask you again are you experiencing this joy that Jesus has promised you? This, These verses that we're studying, this message in these verses is clear. Ask God in the name of Jesus, and you will receive these promises from God. I'm asking you again. Are you experiencing this joy that Jesus has promised you? The verses are clear. The message is clear. Ask God in the name of Jesus, and you will receive this promise of joy from God. But wait. There is a condition. Look look closely at verses 26 and 27. There are some requirements or conditions given in these verses in order to receive these promises. I see three different instructions. Look closely. You see three instructions how to receive this peace and this joy that we've been talking about. First thing I did notice, the condition, is we must ask in the name of Jesus, right? This sounds simple, and it is. But what does it mean to ask in the name of Jesus? Think about it. What it means is we are asking with the power and the authority that defeated sin and death. We are asking in the name of the one who has saved all mankind from their sins, from death. The second requirement I see in there, do you look, look at the verses? The second requirement is we must love Jesus to receive this gift. Are you loving Jesus today? Think about that question. Are you loving Jesus today? Have you done this? Today, are you spending time with him? Are you reading his word? Are you praying? What about fellowshipping with others? That's one way we love Jesus. We fellowship with his children. What about your life today? Examine it. Is it representing someone who has Jesus Christ living within them? I see a third point. I also see that if we are to receive this joy, we must believe in Jesus. Again, we must believe. How's your faith today? Is it wavering? Is it strong? Have you been struggling with all this going on around us? I want to look at a verse. Turn to first John. First John chapter five, verse thirteen through fifteen. I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know you have eternal life. And we are confident that he hears us when we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. I asked about your faith. If you are struggling, pray. Pray to God. Pray to the Holy Spirit. He will gift you with faith. He will gift you with his joy. He will gift you with his peace. Do you believe that Jesus is God and through faith he lives within you? if you do he will give you these things he will bless you with these things so the question is again do you have that joy in your life do you the truth really is do you believe the gospel let's look at look at verse 28. because I, I see the gospel message in verse 28. yes i came from the father into the world and now i will leave the world and return to the father do you see first what happens there do you see first that jesus came from god you see that in that verse and then you see that jesus came into this world look closely and then you see that he left the world we know he went to the cross and then you see the resurrection he returned to the father just in that one verse we see the gospel message let's continue look at verse 29 through 30. then his disciples said at last you are speaking plainly not figuratively Now, we understand that you know everything and there's no need to question you from this. We believe that you came from God. I believe we kind of see this the first steps in faith. I think the first steps in faith in many people's lives begin with just a simple statement. It, It happened for me where I finally surrendered to God, just like it says here. It says there's no need to question you from this. We believe that you came from God. You know, so often I need to hear this. I believe. There's no more... I don't need to question you. I just need to surrender and know that Jesus is God and that Jesus loves me so very much that he gave his life for me. That's where I need to leave so many questions that I do have for God. Just remember how much he loved me. There's no need to question you. From this we believe that you came from God. You know, as I read this and I wondered if this was the disciples' kind of moment of clarity, had they come to truly understand who Jesus was? not quite but jesus is continuing to teach them and he's going to continue to teach them to help them understand right up to his arrest so let's look at that back in john chapter 16 verse 31 jesus asked them do you finally believe do you finally believe he's asking these disciples jesus knows what lies ahead for the disciples he knows what they're going to face all the way from his arrest, to his crucifixion, to the trials that face him, and after the resurrection, to the persecution. He knows what's coming. He knows what's coming in each of our lives. He knows that each and every one of us will face challenges. We'll face trials. We'll face persecution. We're going to face difficult times. And it will challenge our faith at times. And then we will know if our faith is truly in Jesus Christ. We will know that if his promises are true. Jesus knew these things beforehand. That's why he's given us his word. Look at verse 32 through 33. But the time is coming and indeed it's here now. When you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. After reading this, I just want you to take a minute. Think in your mind, how would you personally describe trials or sorrows? Maybe some of you are experiencing some of this now. Think in your mind, what type of trials or sorrows are you experiencing? How does one overcome these things? these trials, these sorrows? How does one overcome these problems of the world? How are these things, these trials, transformed into peace, into joy? Jesus has promised us peace. He's promised us a peace that the disciples and us and everyone that will come to faith in Jesus can have. This peace, it's supernatural. It's an amazing peace. It's unlike... Anything most people have ever experienced in their life because there is nothing of this world that can overcome the peace that we have in Jesus Christ. Even in the midst of all the things that Satan will throw at you, no matter what is happening in the world around us, we can have peace. We can have joy. Jesus has promised this, that we can have this. And that not only can we have it, but we can remain in it. Now, I want to be clear. We will face many different things Many different things in this world. We'll face adversity. We'll face grief. We will face sickness. We will have times of misery. Lots of different afflictions. I even talked about the rashes and the bug bites today. We'll face many sufferings. And many will even face severe persecution. But Jesus promises, even in all of this, we can have peace. This is a gift. It's a gift that is promised to us as children through faith in Jesus Christ. If the Holy Spirit is abiding in us, and we are abiding in the Holy Spirit, and we join in Jesus' victory, in all we join in the victory over all the sinful things of this world, we have overcome these things of this world through Jesus Christ. Again, i got to ask, do you have this peace, this joy in your life today? Have you joined in Jesus in overcoming sin of this fallen world? Have you overcome the things of this world? Now, if your answer is yes, that's wonderful. And I praise God with you. And we give thanks to Jesus for what he's done for each of us. But maybe there's some of you that would say, no, I don't have this peace that you're talking about. I don't know this joy that supersedes every fear, every doubt, every sin of this world. So if you say no, ask yourself. Do you want this peace, this joy that comes from God? I believe there's two reasons why one would not have this kind of peace, this kind of joy. Two reasons. First reason is maybe they are a believer, but maybe they're not abiding in Jesus daily. Or maybe the other case is maybe they haven't welcomed Jesus in their heart. Maybe they haven't came to faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you right now, you do not have to live a defeated life. Jesus is here right now with us today. The Holy Spirit is present right here today. is inviting you to come abide in him. He wants you to know this joy. He wants you to know this love. He wants to gift this to you into your life that you can have these things no matter what is happening in the world around you. So if this is your first time to accept Jesus, or maybe this is a time that you need to turn from some ways, or maybe you've stumbled a bit, do whatever it takes to come before Jesus and I promise I promise if you'll come before him you will have peace that will forever change your life I have this peace in my soul and I'll tell you because of this peace and this joy that i receive received through my faith in Jesus Christ that's why I'm standing right here right now today in meeting Mark preaching to you because after experiencing this peace and this joy I have given my entire life to serving the Lord I My my hope, my prayer, and my desire is that every person, I want to reach out to every person in this world so they would know Jesus. So they would know the peace, the joy that's in my heart, that's beyond any words that I could ever express. Because I know Jesus, and I know he's defeated my sin. I know he's defeated death. He's defeated Satan. And Satan no longer has any power over me in my life. Our enemy, Satan, has been defeated forever. And I just pray that each of you would join. Join in this overcoming of the world. Receive this gift of peace and joy by faith through Jesus Christ. Be transformed by the Holy Spirit. The only one who can take all your pain and all your sorrows and all your problems and transform them into abundant, overflowing joy. He did this in my life. And he will do it in each of your lives. He will just believe and come to faith in Jesus Christ. You also can have this peace. Take a minute here and turn to your Bibles to the right. Turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our glaze on the things That cannot be seen. For the things we can see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Jesus is the overcomer, He is a source of true peace and joy. The only question is do we trust Him? Have we surrendered to Him and have we received this gift? I want to look at another passage Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. All right, let's look at verse 2 also. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Listen closely, there is no other religion, there is no other teaching that has overcome the world. Many will say they can lead you, they can teach you, they can show you how to overcome the things of the world, but it is only Jesus who has overcome, and that through faith we join in with him in this victory of overcoming the world. We join with Jesus, he joined, He comes and lives in us. This is the only, Jesus is the only way this can happen. In Christ, there is peace. There is joy. In this world, there's much tribulation. We've all experienced it. Some of us are experiencing it right now. But there is a position that we need to claim. We are in Christ, and therefore we can overcome the world in all of its hatred. That's a quote from Warren Horsby. If you want to know more about how to have this wonderful, overcoming peace and joy, please message us now. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to join with you and explain that you can have peace you can have joy but it's not just peace and joy it's overflowing abundant overcoming joy and peace that christ offers you freely through faith in him no matter what is going on in your world no matter what type of grief pain sorrow no matter what you're walking through jesus will transform this into something beautiful pray with me heavenly father i just thank you for this time lord i thank you for this gift that I can know and rest the just stand in the truth of knowing that no matter what is going on in our lives, Lord, no matter what type of tribulations, no matter what kind of viruses or sickness or lockdowns or family troubles or financial troubles, anything, you can take these sorrows and these griefs and transform them into joy. Because our hope is in you. Our faith is in you. And I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for taking my sins upon yourself, taking my past, present, all the things I've ever done, Lord and dying for me, Lord, giving your life for me. But then, Lord, defeating sin, being raised from the grave, and then coming and sending your Holy Spirit to live in us, Lord, so that we have that same power, we have that same joy, that same overcoming ability living within us, Lord. Lord, I just pray that each of us would abide in that, Lord. Each of us would join in with you, Lord. We would join in through keeping in your word through keeping in contact with you, through nourishing our relationship with you, that we would abide with others, Lord. We would stay in fellowship. And Lord, we would just receive that joy. That joy would flow like a river through us, out to others. There would be a testimony that no matter, they would look at us and they would see, how does this person have this joy? How do they have this peace? Look at the world around them, it's crumbling around them, yet they stand with peace, with joy. And they would see your holy spirit living in us lord it would, they would come to know you through our testimony of this gift you've given us lord lord i pray for those that aren't having that gift today Lord. That they don't have joy they don't have peace that are facing all these hardships lord i pray they would reach out to you they'd reach out to us they'd reach out to the church lord and they'd come to lord repentance they'd turn from these the worldly ways lord lord they would turn to you in faith they'd invite you into their hearts lord they would surrender their lives to you lord then they were to receive these promises that you've given for each one of us, Lord. Lord, please keep us safe this week, Lord. Please let this message go out into this country, Lord, and let the Myanmar people in the world know, Lord, that you're there for them. You have not abandoned them. You are there for them. And through you, Lord, through you, Lord, they can have everlasting life, Lord, and an abundant joy and peace because you have overcome this world. All God's people said amen. Thank you for joining us on refuge online god bless you guys make sure please just text us private messages email comment below let us know how you're doing how we can be praying for you and how we can praise god together with you we love you so much i miss you guys god bless you have a wonderful week